What's up, G? Do you know what happens when you start early? I do, G. You grow wealthy. It's time for Money with Mac and G. Finance for you and your family. Can you believe it? What's that? We finished season four, and now we're into season five. How awesome! It really is. But you know, I've been thinking about last season with all those stocks and bonds. What's on your mind? Well, Dad said something that was a little spooky. Are you talking about Ben Kenobi? What? Why would that be spooky? Well, it is Star Wars stuff, and Ben Kenobi can do things with his mind. He has a lifesaver, and he fights Darth Vader. That's some scary stuff. Okay, maybe you have a point, but I'm talking about the stock market crash thing. We learned about stocks last season, and a crash sounds crazy scary. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Saving, investing, and crash. Is there anything left? Probably not. A that would be really scary. I think Dad studied the crash at one time. What do you think? Should we? I think so. Dad. Yippee! Eat that, you dirty scoundrel! Dad, what are you doing up there? Sounds a little cuckoo. I'm playing a video game, and it's awesome. I'm a cowboy. Yippee kaiyay! I get to ride a horse, and I get to shoot things. Super fun. The what do you want, partner? Well, I'm really glad you're having fun riding your imaginary horse. <laughs> I know you always wanted to be a cowboy, but we have a question. Yeah, can you take off your spurs? We want to know more about that crash thingy. Huh? Dad, he's talking about the stock market crash. I think you said you knew some stuff about it. Yeah, that thing, Dad. I can do that. How much do you guys know about the stock market crash anyway? Nothing. Nada. Zippo. Zero. Zilch. <laughs> okay, we'll start at the beginning. It's really interesting. Now, have either of you heard of World War One? Seriously, Dad. Why are we talking about war that doesn't have anything to do with investments? Wasn't that the war that started when Archduke Franz Ferdinand was killed? Wow, impressive! I guess you are really learning stuff at that school of yours. So, are you saying that the war can affect the stock market? Absolutely, it oftentimes does. And it affects the stock market in many more ways than you think. But World War One was the beginning of the story, and not the direct cause. So does that mean the war wasn't the only reason for the stock market crash, but it had something to do with it? Exactly. It was terrible, no doubt. And do you know where most of the fighting happened? Wasn't it in Europe? It was. And how did it affect everything in the U.S.? Didn't Great Grandpa O say things were tougher here? He said that there was less food and you couldn't get everything you wanted because they needed it for the soldiers to eat, make airplanes, and other things. Excellent job, G. And your great grandfather couldn't get sugar during the war to run his bottling plant. I thought Great Grandpa O made orange soda, root beer, and other sodas. He did, Mac. But after they made it, they would put it in a glass bottle and put a cap on it. That's why it's called a bottling plant. That's cool. I guess they had a lot of sodas around the house. They did for sure. Can you guys say sugar rush? Sugar rush. Anyway, what do you think happened after the war when you could get all those things you couldn't during the war? In addition, you were really happy the war was over. Would there have been a party? 
lots of parties. You're both right. There were huge parties, parades, and all kinds of fun stuff. The war was over in November of 1918, but the official agreement didn't happen until June of 1919. So they had an official agreement? That sounds like a contract. Yeah, did the fighting countries have to sign it? They did. It was the official surrender. It was called the Treaty of Versailles, which was the name of the city close to Paris where it all took place. That sounds strange. Maybe Grant and I should sign a treaty of Indianapolis so we don't have to fight anymore. Good one, Mac. I'm done with that. I'd be good with that one, too. That would make me super happy. Now, back to the Treaty of Versailles. Once it was signed, Americans were very happy and wanted to celebrate. I'd want to have fun, too. So, what happened when everyone can find all the things that they couldn't during the war, like food, clothes, machines, and other stuff? Well, that's the interesting thing. Everyone was spending money. They were focusing on new technologies like cars, telephones, motion pictures, and all kinds of stuff. Seriously, that was a new technology? A car? Movies? Telephones? Yeah, that was really new stuff way back then. Wouldn't that mean there was some serious growth going on? There were lots of happy people coming home and all those new things to spend money on. Dad, does that mean companies were doing better and the expectations were going to change a stock's price? Excellent point, Mac. It did. When people saw how things were changing and all those people spending a lot of money, the expectations were that the companies would make more money and grow. That sounds like it was a really big time for growth. It was, and it was so big that the French had a name for it. They called it Les Anne Folle, or the crazy years. But we refer to it as the Roaring Twenties. Okay, let me get this straight. The war ended in 1918, then it took until 1919 to sign the agreement to stop fighting. And then in the 1920s, things went crazy. I couldn't have said it better myself, Mac. So what happened to stock prices during this period? Well, if you looked at all the stocks together, they multiplied by about 10 times in just nine years. So if something was selling for $2 early on, Grant, how much was it worth after the increase? About $20? Yep. And Mac, if the price of a stock was 50 at the beginning of this period, it was then worth how much at the end? $500, Dad. Wow. That's a huge change, Dad. So what happened next? Do you remember where you can find information on the sales, expenses, and how much money the company makes? It's one of those financial statements. Did you say substantial statements? Grant, they're called financial statements. Uh You know, finance, money, that sort of thing. And the one with sales and expenses is called income statement. That's right. Brilliantly done, Mac. You had to make those when you did your pet walking business. And do you think that's important for anyone who wants to invest in your company? Absolutely. A company that does better than expected usually sees a jump in their stock price. But they have to make money. So the income statement highlights what happened, right? Exactly. But during this time, they didn't have anyone looking to make sure the financial statements were correct. They called these people auditors. Wasn't that your job for 10 years, Dad? Yeah, isn't that what you did at Eli Lilly? They're the ones that make medicine, right? Uh... You're both right. An auditor checks to make sure the financial statements are pretty much correct. So why wouldn't they be correct? Could there be mistakes? 
I'm going to tell you, there are almost always mistakes. Think about it. Companies sell millions and millions of items, so they have to keep track of each one of those sales, and that's a lot to get right. Wow, that blows my mind. That would be a lot of accounting to get right. I agree. Accounting tracks all the ins and the outs of all of the money. And what would happen if the expectation for a company was to earn $75 and the income statement said $300? That's easy. The stock would have jumped like a Mexican jumping bean because they did much better than expected. Yeah, that sounds like an awesome stock. I love to own that company before it went up. I love it. But wait. What if the company decided they would change some of the numbers on the financial statements to make it look better, but they were lying? Can they do that? That's just not right. They shouldn't be allowed to do that. They could go to jail for lying. I agree, but it can be done. In the late 1920s, there weren't auditors to make sure everyone was being honest. So companies made their financial statements look better? Not all companies, but many actually did. Hey, mom just sent me a text. She bought me that new hoverboard I wanted. Yes! Dad, you'll kill yourself. Nevertheless, you'll at least break your wrist. But it's so cool. It has speakers on it, and it actually links to my phone. Yippee! Dad, seriously, how old are you? I'm definitely old enough to know better, and neither of you can use it. Oh, oh, oh! The lights blink to the rhythm of the music. It's so cool. I'm going to walk Oreo with it, take out the trash with it, get the mail with it. It's awesome. Are you serious? Absolutely, and all your friends will think I am the coolest dad in the neighborhood. Dad, you're a nutcase. Well, I just gotta run now. Time for me to do some rad tricks on my new board. Let's pick up where we left off later. Bye, Dad. Investing has risks, just like a 50-year-old man trying to do tricks on a hoverboard. Now think about that for a minute. If you were invested in the stock market when it crashed, you would have lost 80% of all the money you put in. It's like wiping out on a hoverboard. The stock market crash is considered the worst decline in U.S. history, with a 25% drop in just four days. And at this point, we have just started to understand that stocks are affected by a lot more than just actual performance and expectations. These are exceptions, but it can be a bit scary and feel like it's a bit out of control. The war created a great deal of demand and a high level of exuberance when it was over. People felt really, really happy. That led to a great deal of spending, in addition to innovation and some easy money. When these things take place at the same time, sooner or later the party comes to a screeching halt, and it's not pretty. As an investor, having some knowledge about how money moves around in the economy helps you to understand how it affects the price of assets like stocks. So, understanding risk is a fundamental concept of investing. Stocks are definitely risky, but as discussed, generally more risk means more reward. We'll look at how we balance this as we go forward. We'll continue to talk about risk in different circumstances related to investing. So this is not only a great story, but a fantastic learning opportunity. Stay with us as we finish it off in part number two of our next podcast. And as always, thanks for being here. We love having you with us at Money with Mac and G. 
Say goodbye, guys. Bye. Here's a preview from our next episode. Grant, what are you doing? Whoa, this thing is hard. Dad's hoverboard is also so cool. You know you shouldn't be on that thing. It's dangerous, and if Dad finds out, he'll kill you. I can do it. I just need a little bit more time. Why don't you get off? And let's finish our discussion with Dad about the stock market crash. <laughs>